Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or the Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, I'm bringing you guys my top 12 running backs for fantasy football in 2020. In this video, I'm giving you guys running backs 7 through 12. I already did 1 through 6 in a video last week. If you guys want to check that out, that is going to be down below in the description, as well as just on my channel if you go ahead and click back on there. Today, we are doing running backs 7 through 12. Like I said, before we get into running backs 7 through 12, I'd like to ask if you guys could click that subscribe button down below. It's free, and I'm going to bring you guys content every single day to help you guys win your fantasy football championship in December. So let's get right to it. Top 12 running backs, fantasy football 2020. To recap real quick though, running backs one through six, like I said, was in a video last week. But to recap them, Chris McCaffrey's number one. At number two, we have Saquon Barkley. At three, we have Ezekiel Elliott. Four, Alvin Kamara. Number five is Joe Mixon. And number six is Derek Henry. So looking at right now, number seven, my number seven running back is Dalvin Cook, running back of the Minnesota Vikings. Now his FFPC ADP right now is 4.75. What FFPC ADP is? ADP stands for average draft position. So his average draft position in these high stakes type of leagues. Now these aren't expert leagues. These are just leagues where guys are spending a copious amount of money to play fantasy football redrafts in June for some goddamn reason. His stats, he is 5'10 overall height, obviously, and 210 pounds. Now, looking at his stats from last season, he finished as running back number five in just 14 games, 20.9 PPR points per game, 250 total carries, 17.9 per game, eighth in the NFL, 1,135 rushing yards, 81.1 per game, ninth in the NFL, 63 targets, 4.5 per game, 13th in the NFL, 53 receptions, 3.8 per game, 10th in the NFL, 519 receiving yards, 37.1 per game, sixth in the NFL, red zone touches 53.6 per game, sixth in the NFL, and his total touchdowns was 13, number seven in the National Football League. Now, all of those stats seem beautiful, and they look beautiful, except for the 14 games part. Now, 14 games is actually pretty good. I just think he misses more than that in this season. Now, obviously, 20.9 PPR points per game is amazing. This guy is amazingly talented when he's on the field. If he did not have any injury history in the past or injury issues, he would easily be inside of my top three, top four running back rankings, but he falls down out of the top six because of it. Does that mean I think Dalvin Cook is fucking trash? No, I really think Dalvin Cook is good. I just worry about his injuries because if we can see here on Sports Injury Predictor, he is deemed a high risk of injuries. Chance of injury in 2020 is 56.8%, which is very high compared to all the other running backs that we have looked at. Now, he's projected to miss 1.8 games in 2020. His durability rating, 5 being good, 1 being very bad, he is a 1 on the durability scale. So, my real worry, like I said, is injury. In the first two rounds of the draft, you want to go ahead and get someone who's very safe. Dalvin Cook goes inside of the top 5 picks in a lot of drafts. So, do I want to draft a guy in the first round that I don't think is going to be safe? A guy that I don't believe will play 16 games in 2020? No. That's why he is running back number 7. Now, I have no hate for Dalvin Cook. I really believe in the, the talent of this guy. I drafted him a couple years ago when he was a rookie in fantasy football, and he was fucking amazing. But guess what? He got hurt. He's gotten hurt every single year he's been in the NFL. Last year, he played more games last year than his first two seasons in the NFL combined. There's also going to be scares of people saying, oh man, Dalvin Cook might hold out because he's nearing the end of his contract, this, that, and the other thing. I don't think Dalvin Cook is going to end up 
holding out. Same thing goes with Joe Mixon, who I talked about in the last video. I think all these guys are going to end up playing this year. I don't really worry too much about it, but obviously that's something that some people may end up worrying about. I think that Dalvin Cook is going to be a straight-up beast this year. I just really, really, really worry about that injury concern. And like I said, guys, try to be as safe as possible in the first round. You don't win your draft in the first or second round. You can only really lose it. You can only lose it in the first round by drafting some guy that's super injury-prone. That's why Dalvin Cook has fallen to number seven in my rankings. Now at number eight, we actually have a controversial running back in Nick Chubb of the Cleveland Browns. Nick Chubb's ADP right now, 15.6, so he's a second round pick in every single league unless you're playing in a 16-team league. 5'11", 227 pounds out of Georgia. Now, Nick Chubb last year put up a great season. Running back number 8 in 2019, he played all 16 games, 16 PPR points per game. 298 carries, 18.6 per game, third in the NFL. 1,494 rushing yards, 93.4 per game, second in the NFL. 50 targets, 3.1 per game, 20th in the NFL. NFL 36 receptions 2.2 per game 20th in the NFL 278 receiving yards 17.9 or 17.4 per game sorry 28th in the NFL red zone touches 52 3.2 per game number five in the NFL and total touchdowns 12th in the NFL now Nick Chubb gets a whole 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 new coaching system. They go from Freddie, too many cooks in the kitchens. Getting Coach Stefanski is going to be very key to Nick Chubb's success, and we're going to be talking about that in a couple of minutes. Another thing I want to bring up about Nick Chubb is the offensive line is going to be better. That offensive line is pretty good. Their overall team is pretty similar to last year. I just think the coaching change is really going to mean a lot to the Cleveland Browns. Now, there is something very important to note, which is why I'm a bit iffy on where to rank Nick Chubb. Every other day, he kind of goes from the 8 to 10 range for me. I could see uh, liking the guys behind him more than him due to this stat right here. In split with Kareem Hunt, he played 8 games out of split. He also played 8 games, so half the season was with Kareem, the other half was without him. Now, in split with Kareem Hunt, 12.97 PPR points per game versus 19.66 without Kareem Hunt, okay? That number right there should kind of fucking scare you. 1.38 receptions per game versus 3.12. His receiving touchdowns, he just never fucking scored any. His receiving targets, 2.25 versus 4 without Kareem Hunt. 14.62 receiving yards versus 20.12. But this is where you would think it would be much different, but it's actually not. His rushing attempts only lost about 1.12 rushing attempts per game when comparing with or without Kareem Hunt. And the yardage was a bit different. Rushing yard total, 86.38 per game versus 100.25. And his rushing touchdowns is where it really hurt him. Once Kareem got in the game, it dropped by point. 50 per game, where it's .75 per game without Kareem Hunt. Now, does this really worry me? It kind of does, and it kind of doesn't because of the next stat we are going to be talking about here. Looking here, the Browns' run percentage in 2019 was 40.39%, ranked 15th in the NFL. So they're right about in the middle. There's 32 teams at 16, would be right in the middle. So they're slightly above the middle, but for all purposes, right in the middle. Minnesota's run percentage now, the Minnesota's offensive coordinator is Kevin Stefanski, who is now the head coach of the Cleveland Browns, 48.3%. 30% ranked fourth in the NFL. So while
while I am a bit worried about the fact that Kareem Hunt is there, it should not really scare you all that much, and that's why I still have him at 8. Regardless of the numbers, I really believe that Kevin Stefanski is going to want to run this offense so run heavy. Like, make sure that Baker Mayfield doesn't have to shit himself trying to throw the ball to Odell. Just run the damn rock down their throats. And we saw last year when they were running the ball, Nick Chubb was very, very, very successful. I think Nick Chubb will use, will lose, I should say, some targets in these games. But at the end of the day, it's going to be worth it. Last year, Nick Chubb came in second in the rushing yards total. He fell to Derrick Henry because they kind of fucked him in the ass. They kind of did him a bit dirty. They said, oh, just just go out of the game. Don't worry. Derrick Henry's not going to pass you. And then Derrick Henry legitimately was destroying Week 17. He was taking those defenses, putting them six feet under, and scoring yards. So Nick Chubb, second rushing total last year. I would not be surprised if he was number one this year because he was the second fucking leading rusher in the NFL on 40.39% run percentage. Now he could be seeing 50% run percentage with these two great backs in the backfield. I think Nick Chubb is going to look great this season and finish as running back number eight. But obviously, what I said kind of kind of could scare you away. It does not scare me necessarily. Let me know down below in the comments what you guys think about Nick Chubb. And let me know your guys running backs 7 through 12. Now at number 9, we have Josh Jacobs running back of the Las Vegas Raiders. Jacob's ADP right now in FFPC is 12.85, so he's almost a first-round pick. In some leagues, you see him go in the first round, others you see him go in the second round. 5'10", 220 pounds. This guy's an absolute beast. He's a thick motherfucker. He's, like, thick with seven Cs. He's like Summer Ray's goddamn ass out there on the goddamn field. Now, looking at his stats from last season, he was finished as running back 21 in 2019 in 13 games. Now, the 13 games doesn't necessarily worry me because he's not one of those guys who's known to be an injury-prone back, 14.7 PPR points per game, 252 carries, 18.6 per game, 13th in the NFL, 1,150 rushing guards, 88.5 per game, 7th in the NFL, 28 targets, 20 receptions, 166 receiving yards, and his red zone touches were 44, as well as 7 total touchdowns, ranking 17th in the NFL. Now, obviously, his target and reception numbers don't look very good. Now, the reports have came out that Mr. Mayock, the GM of the team, or the owner, one of those, and then the coach, John Gruden, believe that Josh Jacobs could be getting more opportunities in the passing game. Now, I think that will happen, but he's really going to be primarily a rusher, but obviously, you're going to get those bonus points if his target total ends up going up, and if it was near 50, I could see Josh Jacobs being a top five running back. I think Josh Jacobs, as well as Nick Chubb, as well as Dalvin Cook, all these guys all have top five potential. This running back class, this season is very front loaded. It's deep in the first like 15 running backs, but then it falls off a goddamn cliff. Something else to note for the Las Vegas Raiders and Josh Jacobs is they bring in a lot of players in the draft that don't really affect Josh Jacobs in the way of taking his touches, but they actually help Josh Jacobs because there are other targets that are going to be on the field for the Las Vegas Raiders. Henry Ruggs III, wide receiver out of Alabama, speedster to help stretch the field so that Josh Jacobs has more of an opportunity to run because they're going to be like, holy shit, how do we stop Henry Ruggs? And then Josh Jacobs barrels through the defense. Lynn Bowden, running back slash wide receiver. This guy's like, a special teams specialist. He's kind of like the guy, oh my god, is that the next Taysom Hill? There's going to be comments about that. I have no fucking idea. And then Brian Edwards, wide receiver out of the Cox, I believe. So Josh Jacobs is going to be in for a very, very big year. I think this Raiders team looks to improve. 
upon what they started last season. I think Josh Jacobs is going to be one of these running backs that gets a shit ton of use regardless of what's around him. And if I'm being honest with you, there's not very much around him. The guys behind him are kind of just pass catching backs. So I think that Mr. Gruden just loves to use Josh Jacobs. He literally just loves having that workhorse back, which is what Josh Jacobs is. I think Josh Jacobs has a fantastic year in fantasy football this season. Very, very high upside for Josh Jacobs. I wouldn't be surprised if he was the rushing leader at all in the NFL. Now looking at guy number 10 right here, we have Austin Eckler running back of the Los Angeles Chargers, FFPC ADP of 18.1. So this guy's more of a second round pick, but if I'm being honest with you, I can see Austin Eckler crawling all the way up to the first round after we read his stats. 5'9", 199 pounds. If you guys have enjoyed this video thus far, please make sure to click that subscribe button down below. It's really going to help me out, and it's also going to help you out. And check out the drafters link down below and come draft with me on drafters.com. Now, looking at Austin Eckler's stats, last year he was running back number four in 2019. Note, this is with Melvin Gordon on the team for a majority of the games. 19.3 PPR points per game, 132 carries, 8.2 per game, 34th in the NFL. 557 rushing yards, 34.8 per game, 33rd in the NFL. 108 targets, 6.8 per game, 2nd in the NFL, 92 receptions. 5.8 per game, 2nd in the NFL, 993 receiving yards. 62.1 per game, 2nd in the NFL, red zone touches 27, 27th in the NFL, and total touchdowns. 11 8th in the NFL. Now, obviously, there's going to be concern. There's going to be people saying, Holy fucking shit, how is his rushing total this bad? Blah, 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 blah. I don't care about his rushing total. Then there's going to be the naysayer saying, How is he going to get 100 targets without Mr. Dump Off Phillip Rivers there? Tyrod Taylor doesn't dump off to the running back. Blah, 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 blah. People are going to say that as well. Austin Eckler is going to fucking eat this year. His target total is going to go up. He was number two in targets. You want to know who was ahead of him? Christian fucking McCaffrey. I believe Austin Eckler is like Christian McCaffrey light or like Christian McCaffrey diet. You know how they have regular soda and then diet soda? CMC is like Pepsi and then Austin Eckler is like Pepsi or diet Pepsi. Austin Eckler is going to break. He broke out last year. He's going to break out even more. This is him right now. He's going to go straight through the ass, break right through there and go through the person's head. Austin Eckler is going to eat in 2020. His carry total is going to go up. The guys around him do not scare me at all. Do you, are you scared of Justin Jackson? Are you really scared of Justin Jackson? Are you scared of the guy out of fucking UCLA that they drafted? I wouldn't be scared at all. This is Austin Eckler's backfield, which looked amazing last year before Melvin Gordon got there. and Kind of fucked it up, but he was still good with Melvin Gordon. Now, we're going to look at those splits with and without Melvin Gordon. So, out of split on the right side, you can see that is without Melvin Gordon. That was four games, and then with Melvin Gordon, that's 12 games. So, without Melvin Gordon, 27.25 PPR points per game, and then with Melvin Gordon was 17 PPR points per game. So on both sides, very good. But what would you compare Justin Jackson to? Would you compare him to Melvin Gordon or would you compare him to someone who's kind of just in the backfield taking some touches? I think he's just going to be taking some touches, not like Melvin Gordon. His receiving numbers actually looked pretty similar with or without Melvin Gordon in the reception total. Six receptions without Melvin Gordon, 5.67 with Melvin Gordon. Receiving touchdowns would have went way up though with out Melvin Gordon 0.75 versus 0.42 and his target number was actually better with Melvin Gordon on the field 6.92 versus 6.25 his receiving yards 60.25 versus 67.5 
five without Mr. Melvin Gordon. Now, his rushing attempts went way up without Melvin Gordon. I think that's going to be the usual for this season. Probably 14 to 16 attempts averaged, I think, will be the normal for Eckler. And I wouldn't be surprised if he does so good that they upped it even further near the 18 to 20 mark. Now, looking at his rushing attempts without Melvin Gordon, or with Melvin Gordon, I should say, it's shit. 6.3. That is less than half. Half of 14 to 7. So less than half of the touches he was getting without Melvin Gordon. His rushing touchdowns went way down because he did not score a single rushing touchdown when Melvin Gordon was on the field. And his rushing yards went from 55 to 28 with Melvin Gordon. So I think without Melvin Gordon, we see a brand new Austin Eckler. We see an Austin Eckler who looks better than out of split Austin Eckler. Now 27.25 PPR points per game is fucking crazy. I understand that. But I think 20 plus is not out of the books for Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler does not have any injury concerns. That bald guy, you're going to shine him like his name was Mr. Clean, and his flow is going to be so mean carrying you to your fantasy football championship. I love Austin Eckler this year. I flip-flop Austin Eckler and Josh Jacobs every single day in drafts. I really love Austin Eckler, but I just think Josh Jacobs is too safe. That's why he's ranked slightly ahead of him, but both these guys to me are very, very super-duper safe. Looking at the next back here, number 11 is Kenyon Drake, formerly of my Miami Dolphins, FFPC, right now ADP at 12. So his ADP is much higher than I thought it would be. I thought it would be slightly more back into the second round. Now he's crawling up to be a first-round pick. 6'1", 210 pounds, out of Alabama, get drafted to the Miami Dolphins last year. At the trade deadline, my Miami Dolphins decided to ship him off to the Carolina, the not the Carolina Panthers, the Arizona Cardinals. Now looking at his stats last year, that's our kind of fucked because they count both when he was on the Dolphins and when he was on the Cardinals and at the beginning of the year, it seems like the Dolphins didn't really want to win any games. Running back number 17 last year in just 14 games, 15.3 PPR points per game, 170 carries, 817 rushing yards, 68 targets, 50 receptions, 345 receiving yards, red zone touches 25, and total touchdowns eight in the NFL, but I want to show you what it looked like when he was on the Dolphins versus when he was on the Arizona Cardinals because it is a huge difference. Now, in split, I had to go ahead and put in Rotoviz and find the stats with Devontae Parker and without him because on the Dolphins, obviously, Devontae Parker played the whole season, and then for out of split, that is going to be with the Arizona Cardinals. So, in split with the Miami Dolphins, he was averaging just nine PPR points per game versus fucking 19 with the Arizona Cardinals. Ten more points switching teams. Three receptions versus 3.67 versus 3.5. So pretty similar there. Receiving targets 5.5 Miami versus 4.38 in Arizona. 29 receiving yards per game versus 21. Eight rushing attempts versus 15.38. One rushing touchdown versus zero. And then per game and then 80.38 rushing yards versus 29 rushing yards per game with the Miami Dolphins. So what does this tell you? This tells you that this guy is going to fucking eat in 2020. This shows me that Kenyon Drake is not only talented, but he was held back by the Miami Dolphins. What this shows me also is that they shipped off David Johnson. They they traded fucking DeAndre Hopkins. They got DeAndre Hopkins, and they got rid of David Johnson. This offense is going to be better. They're still going to run the ball. Everyone says, oh my god, Cliff Kingsbury, the, the air raid offense, fucking god. I fucking love Cliff fucking Kingsbury. People say that. 
And I have said it too. I love Cliff Kingsbury, but they're going to run the ball. They're going to be looking to run the rock down their opponent's throats. And now that David Johnson's gone, it is Kenyon Drake's backfield. For the future, I have no idea because he only has one year left on that contract. But for right now, Kenyon Drake is going to try to get the biggest bag, the biggest contract imaginable by running down opponent's throats. I think that Kenyon Drake this year is going to far exceed what most people think about him. And I really see a drop-off after running back 11 here to number 12, who I'm going to be talking about in a minute. If you guys have enjoyed thus far, please click that subscribe button. Overall, I think these out-of-split numbers are going to be looking like what we see this year in 2020 on the Arizona Cardinals, especially now that they have a wide receiver in DeAndre Hopkins that they are going to be very scared of, so Kenyon Drake is going to have a lot more room to run. I love Kenyon Drake this season, and the Arizona Cardinals defense still is dog shit, and you what you want for your offensive piece who can catch the ball as well as run the ball you want their team to be down so we can catch more pass at running back number 12 we have miles sanders running back of the Philadelphia Eagles FFPC ADP got him at number 10. He is now becoming a first round pick. I saw him get picked into FFPC's draft worth $750. Pick number four. Pretty fucking crazy. 5'11, 211 pounds. Now, the problem with Miles Sanders and why I see him as a completely different breed from 11 till 12 is how Doug Peterson runs that offense. Doug Peterson loves that running back by committee, and I fucking know right now. They have no one behind them. It's Miles Sanders and Boston Scott. Boston Scott's talented, but behind that, there's no one. They didn't get Carlos Hyde. Now, if they sign Devontae Freeman, I'm not worried either. But if they sign any of these other big backs, these bruiser backs that will get touches, Miles Sanders is finito. He is deep buried. His stonks go from rising to falling off the edge of the fucking earth. Miles Sanders is an amazing player. I am very worried about how Doug Peterson is fucking crazy. Running back number 15 last season in 16 games, 13 5 PPR points per game, 179 carries, 11.2 per game, 818 rushing yards, 51.1 per game, 63 targets, 3.9 per game, 50 receptions, 3.1 per game, 509 receiving yards, 31.8 per game, red zone touches 36, and total touchdowns is 6, 26th in the NFL. His efficiency numbers show how good he is, though. His yards per touch, 5.8, 7th at the running back position. His true yards per carry, 26th. Breakaway runs, 6, 27th in the NFL. Evaded tackles, 75, 4.7 per game 13th in the NFL's juke rate is 32.8 fifth in the NFL so Miles Sanders is clearly a very talented guy a lot of people didn't know too much about him because he was actually in college stuck behind the one and only Saquon Barkley but then he emerged the next year once Saquon skedaddled and went to the New York football Giants so Miles Sanders as a whole is a very fucking good running back he has the talent to be a top 10 guy even a top 5 guy if the thing goes his way if everything goes his way but you have to keep in mind there's no injury concerns but the concern is with the coaching. Doug Peterson has always done the running back by committee. There's going to be the naysayer saying, oh, when he was in Kansas City as the offensive coordinator, they didn't use a running back by committee. Are you fucking serious? Andy Reid is calling the plays. He is not. Andy Reid is figuring out who to put in the game. He does not use running back by committee, but Doug Peterson does. So if Miles Sanders gets stuck in a running back by committee system, they bring in a new person, you fucking drop Miles Sanders out of the top 12, you throw him, you say, yeet, and you throw him back, and he's fucking out of there. But as of right now, with just Boston Scott behind him, Miles Sanders will absolutely 
tear it up. He plays in a division that is so easy to score in. His defense is pretty not that good. Pretty not that good. And they have an offensive weapons that get hurt like it's nothing. All these guys may be dead by week five besides Jalen Rager. And then you know what Miles Sanders is going to do? He's going to be getting even more targets out of the backfield. Miles Sanders is going to be a PPR monster as long as Doug Peterson doesn't fuck this all up by bringing in a new running back behind Miles Sanders. If you guys ended up enjoying this video, please make sure to click that subscribe button down below or on your screen right now. I love each and every single one of you guys. Make sure to check out one of the videos that's also on your screen right now. I'm going to be posting every single goddamn day. So I'll see you guys tomorrow with yet another banger of a video. I love you all. Have a great rest of your guys' day. I'll see you guys tomorrow. As always, stay safe.